Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer from the Casper Star Tribune. You can find all of my coverage of all things Cowboys and Cowgirls at Trib.com. Or better yet, just follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Go to my profile and click that link. You can find all my stories much easier that way. Uh, Recording this on Tuesday and last night, Wyoming stunned Nevada 80-71 in the regular season home finale at the AA. Hunter Maldonado and Hunter Thompson, super seniors, go out with a memorable night. Uh, It was a small crowd, but a really engaged, electrifying crowd. And uh, Jeremiah Oden, you know, with a breakout game, 28 points. So I thought I'd bring on two super fans, Legends of Laradice, Rob Jarosh, attorney in Cheyenne, John Mortimer, insurance mogul, Denver slash Casper, to talk about this really stunning turn of events for Wyoming. Uh, Jarosh, we'll start with you. You were there last night. What'd you think? Hey, Ryan. Hey, Mort. Good to see you guys. Uh, let me ask first, where's uh, where's the fourth musketeer? Where's Brett Hansen? Well, let me quote Jeff Lender on that. Uh, the word loyalty doesn't exist anymore in podcasting. And uh, <laughs> Brett is no longer a legend because he's been uh, pimping a, a rival competitor on social media. So, yeah, as uh, Steve McLean once told me, once you're out, you're out. Well, I think we all know Ryan Thorburn is uh, a man of principle, so that makes perfect sense to me. (laughs) Hey, I was there last night, Ryan, John. Uh, What a great game. I mean, incredible energy from the team, from the crowd. I don't know if there were 4,000 people there, but they sounded like 8,000, and um, it was a blast. I saw... Uh, I saw things from Maldo that we've come to expect from him, the energy, uh, the team feeding off of him. That team really wanted to win the game for him. And I also saw what I thought was Hunter Thompson's best game of the year. He wasn't lighting it up from three. I think he was two for seven. He was four for four from the line, ended up with 10 points. But what do you have, 12 or 13 rebounds? I mean, that was uh, – and that was big, out-rebounding Nevada like that. I think the team out-rebounded him 37-27, and a lot of that had to do with how Hunter Thompson played. He's he's disappeared on the boards in games before and, and left with zero rebounds. But last night he proved his mettle um, and went out – with style um, against Nevada. So it was a blast. And it was especially a blast to see both the hunters. And then, you know, Ryan, I've been preaching uh, Jeremiah Odin's ability, athletic ability for a long time. And we saw last night what that guy's capable of. He can shoot the three. I don't think people realize he can shoot the three. He's third on the team in three point percentage, but he's so explosive athletically. And he, he had the confidence to demonstrate that last night. And he just took the game over couple of those dunks were insane. I don't know if they made top 10, but that uh, that windmill dunk toward the end should have, that's for sure. Yeah, Odin had four dunks, three for three on threes, really carried the team. Although Maldonado was amazing last night. I think you tweeted at me early on in the game that you'd have to have a triple-double or he's going to get a triple-double. He was one rebound shy of a triple-double, 25, 11, and nine rebounds. Uh, the 11 assists help him become the Mountain West's all-time leading assist man. Uh, he passed BYU's Jimmer for debt for most points in Mountain West games. Obviously, he has the extra years uh, than those names that he passed, but it's still a remarkable run for Maldo. 
Uh, and on senior night to flirt with a triple double was pretty amazing to watch and in foul trouble, four fouls with 12 minutes left. Uh, the fourth foul was really shaky. It was really a flop and, and Linder got teed up right after that. And basically Linder said, uh, if Maldo was going out, I was going out too. He wasn't going to coach the game <laughs> if Maldo was fouling out. So, uh, um, Hunter Thompson, I mean, this guy, you know, Jeff's mentioned it over and over that he gets a lot of flack from Wyoming fans because he's a Pine Bluffs guy. He's 6'10", and I think a lot of people thought, okay, he's a big guy, he's a post, and he's just never been that. But last night, 13 rebounds, and that Baker kid on Nevada is a load. He is a big guy. He was a five-star recruit that started at Texas. So, uh, you know, like I said in my story, those guys kind of saved their best for last morning. Yeah, Hunter Thompson, I was impressed with his rebounding. Finally, after six years, we got to see it. I wish he would have done that a lot more. Uh, team needs that. I was impressed last night with uh, Unity on that team. I think you could see those guys that were left on that team come out and play for Maldo and, and Hunter Thompson. Uh, it, it was inspiring. They played inspired. And, you know, as Rob was saying, there's – we got athletes on that team. The windmill dunk got me out of my chair. It was awesome. Uh, a couple of things I think about when watching that game. I mean, we're still a team that's going to live and die by the three. Last night, we we were making them. I mean, we were over 40% from the three-point line, and that's what we got to do. And if, as we make a run into the tournament, we're probably going to have to be north of 50% to, you know, to to make a deep run in that tournament. Can we? I don't know. I mean, last night I saw a team that can compete with uh, most anyone in the Mountain West. So uh, they got a long run in front of them. They got San Diego State Monday, which is going to be tough on the road. And then uh, who knows what can happen in the tournament. I don't have big expectations from it. It's a long way to go. But uh, last night sure was uh, impressive to see. And, and it gives you a little bit of hope for the future. Yeah, they live and die by the three, but, you know, as Linder pointed out, last year when they played Nevada at home, they threw the ball into the post 30 times to a guy named Graham E.K. 30 <laughs> post touches last year for E.K. Uh, Graham's obviously been missing in action. He's been rehabbing in Denver. Um, from what I understand, he doesn't really have a driver's license and doesn't, you know, he basically needs a ride to get back to Laramie. So, he was there last night to uh, salute Maldo and Thompson, and he witnessed what Jeremiah Odin is capable of. Um, do you think that would inspire Graham to give it another run at Wyoming? I mean, this is a guy, obviously, that's going to have opportunities to transfer to Power 5 and get a NIL deals or go pro or stick with Linder. He's been talking nonstop about loyalty for the last three weeks. Uh what do you what do you think he's going to do, Rob? Well, let me start by saying I watched Graham E.K. closely last night, and he's just an impressive man. Um, I don't know if he's going to leave. I don't want him to leave. But if he leaves, the way that he conducted himself last night was the way to do it. I mean, he was there for those guys. He was the biggest cheerleader on the team. He was out there in warm-ups. He was high-fiving everyone. He had a blast. He was part of the team last night, like you would expect someone to do um, if they were going to leave in the right way. So I, no matter what he does, I respect the way he conducted himself last night. That's that's how a man handles himself. Um, 
I'd love to see him stay. And I think there are reasons why he should stay, particularly what we saw from people like Odin last night. Um, and not just him, but Wenzel, um, phenomenal. Um, Mr. Hustle last night, great defensive player. The building blocks are there for EK. Um, the question is, you know, does he want to stay? I mean, I think there's an opportunity for, I, I don't know how the whole NIL thing works, but I sure would like to see a group of, of uh, donors um, do what needs to be done to try to keep EK here. M maybe he could go to to a Power 5 school and, and get six figures in terms of NIL money. I don't know. But but we should try to do something. People should try to do something uh, other than say, oh, we just can't do it to keep him here. He's got reasons to stay. Let's give him more reasons to stay. Yeah, I mean, NIL is a tricky thing. I mean, I would never tell people how to spend their uh, money, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, a lot of schools are doing it. They have collectives. They're pooling that money together. And, and you know, it's quite a risk to do it for recruits because you don't know how even five-star guys are going to pan out. Half of them don't. But an established player like EK, certainly you'd love to see him, uh, you know, I was just mentioning his car situation. Maybe uh, he gets a does some advertisements for a, a car dealership and gets a car while he's at Wyoming or something like that. Maybe that would be enough for him. I don't really think he's driven by that, or he could have left last year, obviously. Um, and and you know, if he's really thinking about it, as he told me in August, like who's going to use me more than Linder <laughs> and use me? You know, obviously he was one of the most used players in the country last year. It's just. It's curious. I mean, Noah Reynolds wasn't at the game. Wyoming's saying, you know, he's in concussion protocol and the lights are really bright in there. That's, that sounds fishy to me. So you wonder about Noah and Graham, if they're going to try it somewhere else. Certainly if those two come back with Odin, Ducell, Wenzel, uh, I think Kenny Foster is probably going to come back, the two young big guys. You know, all of a sudden you're you're reloading instead of retooling. Uh, either way, Linder's going to have a lot of scholarships to give out this off season. And, you know, he keeps harping on loyalty and finding guys like Maldonado and Thompson. So I think you'll see uh, some guys that are looking to move up and not down this year. Yeah. I, let me just put in a plug and, and I want to hear what John has to say, but you talk about um, scholarship opportunities and loyalty. So give me, give me 30 seconds to tell you that I think Jeff Lander should be looking at the Xavier McCord kid out of L triple C uh, the Cheyenne kid, he played at East. Um, he was all state and he's turned into be a, a phenomenal basketball player at L triple C. He's averaging eight point or 18 points and eight rebounds a game. Um, he just broke the all time L triple C record for scoring. He loves Wyoming. I know he wants to be close and I, and I know he's interested in the university. And so with all those scholarships opening up, you talk about trying to find players that are going to be loyal and work hard the kinds of guys like Hunter Maldonados. And that's the kind of kid, at least based on my experience and my observations, I, I go to the LCCC games and sit courtside. Xavier McCord's one of those guys. So I, I hope they're looking at someone like him. I don't know anything about that guy, but I love the idea of a Wyoming kid on the team. I think the whole state embraces that. They like to see our own out there playing. Now, whether, you know, year-to-year -year basketball is much different, uh, I think, than even football because – it is a talent level to compete at the division one level. And, and you, our population just doesn't produce that on a year in year out basis. So I know we got the ta talent kid on the bench. I, I'm sure he's, you know, he's hard worker legacy. Uh, and then having another one on the team would be phenomenal. 
the NIL thing kills us. It really does for a school like Wyoming. I mean, if this would, you know, if it was in a power five school, Graham would be, would be collecting checks right now. Um, so I don't know what we need to do to address that. I don't know who's out there to, someone needs to take the point. And I like the idea that, you know, a few weeks ago, Ryan was talking about the, what would Michigan's the extra year scholarship. We need to get something like that going and we need to find a point person in the state who's going to start putting it together, similar to what we do with the Cowboy Joe club. So, uh, that's the future. We want to keep our talent in state. That's that's what we're going to have to do. Now, Graham, I think, would be wrong. I don't think it's in his best interest to leave. I think there's – I mean, for his goals that he wants to – if he wants to play in the NBA, I think he's going to have a lot more latitude playing for Jeff Linder on those skills and doing that in games than he's going to have anywhere else. So there's some things he needs to weigh against. Uh, you know, as a young kid, sometimes you don't think about that. Um, but who knows? I mean, I think – it. it he hasn't left yet, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, I think what, Graham, his skill set is a lot like Drew Timmy at Gonzaga. Like, clearly an elite post player in college, but does that translate to the NBA? Obviously, Timmy stayed at Gonzaga four years and, you know, just dominated college basketball. I think Graham would be wise to play college basketball, you know, hopefully at Wyoming next year and, and, keep doing what he's been doing, then also develop more of an outside shot, um, maybe some more pick and roll stuff. I mean, there's a lot you can do with a guy like that uh, to get him ready for professional basketball. So, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I think Graham's leaving or I think he's staying. I just don't know. Like Wyoming has not made him available to the media since uh, he announced before the season that he was going to be out a minimum of six to eight weeks with a, with an injury. So it's frustrating. I've asked time and time again. I was the only one in San Jose and Graham made the announcement the night before he was there and I still couldn't talk to him. I mean, I don't, maybe that's just because they want him to decide what he wants to do before they let him talk or, or vice versa, or maybe that's what he wants to do is make his own announcement. But um, if I had to lean, it just doesn't feel like he's coming back, but I'm kind of changing my tune on that just based on last night that he was in the building and so engaged and uh, you know, maybe a year from now he's having a senior night and and off he goes. Obviously we're a much better team with him in the lineup. I mean, I think we get picked in the top, you know, th two, three teams in the league next year. If he comes back, particularly with what we saw last night, I think what this team really needs and I'm old school. So I would like to see Kenny Foster kind of, play that John Summers role. Uh, we need someone with an attitude out there. We need leadership. And I think a lot of our play this year, we didn't have the leadership we needed just because of the adversity they had to go to. Uh, no one really kind of stepped up and, and was that guy. Maldo did it last night. That was impressive. But uh, we need some role players that will go get dirty and bloody and and put some things on their shoulders and not not back down and that's I think Kenny Foster could be that guy but I really you know you look at those great teams that we've had in the past we've always had a banger in there and someone that that uh, you know a tough guy and I I'd like to see that. What do, you guys, what do you guys think about Jeff Linder right now? Obviously, he came in during COVID, recruited the number one recruiting class in the Mountain West that year. Many of the guys we've talked about were in that class last year. Was one of the best seasons in Wyoming basketball history, obviously 25 wins, nine losses, NCAA tournament. 
This year, you know, he brings in the three Pac-12 transfers. They flame out. Uh, the the recruit they had signed from L.A. has decommitted. Obviously, L.A. is uh, a very fertile recruiting ground that Wyoming now has a really bad reputation in, fair or unfair. Uh, Jeff has been talking about loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. You know, he's had an emotional roller coaster with his dad fighting for his life and on, on top of everything else. Last night, he compared himself to An- Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption and said, if I have to crawl through a river of shit and get out the other side, I'm all for it. Call me Andy Dufresne. So that's the kind of year he's having. And he also said, you know what? I'm not for everyone. And I think he's speaking to the LA guys and, you know, maybe some guys currently on the team. I'm not for everyone. I'm going to coach you hard. I'm going to coach you very hard. And I'm going to tell you the truth. And if you don't like the truth, bye-bye. So uh, he told Hunter Maldonado a lot of hard truths. He stayed. He told Hunter Thompson many hard truths. He stayed. And now it's kind of funny because he inherited those guys from the previous regime. And and now those are the kind of guys he's looking for. Rob, just do you think Linder works in modern basketball? I do, Ryan. I mean, I'm I'm still a believer in Linder. And I think what people need to remember about Jeff Linder is – he's experienced, yes, but at the same time, and this is only his second head coaching job. You know, he was at Northern Colorado from 2016 to 2020, and now here he is at Wyoming. And so he's been a head coach for six, I guess, seven years now. And I'm sure he would tell you that he's a work in progress too. He's not a 70-year-old coach that's been doing this for 30 years the same way, and he's unwilling to change. And I, I mean, I think I've seen, I think we've all seen some changes from Linder e- even during the course of the season. So is he old school? Yeah. Um, is he not for everyone? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with those things. But I think he's smart enough, intelligent enough, and hardworking enough that he realizes he has to evolve as a coach, just like players have evolved over the years. And so I'm, I'm still a believer in Linder. I'm still a believer in his approach. I think he's going to learn from some of the things that have gone wrong for the last few years. And I, I I think he's still the right guy. Yeah. Obviously X's and O's wise. I mean, he's a genius. He's a savant guy. Uh, He's a great basketball coach, but he he's hard on these guys. He's probably what you would consider the bad cop in practice. And I imagine Sundance Wicks and the other guys are the good cops. And, you know, all, all you can say about Linder is, and he's right. These guys are rare this day and age that want to be coached hard and want to be yelled at and that sort of thing. But Damian Lillard was one of those guys. He recruited him at at Weber State, and they coached the heck out of him. And now he's one of the you know throwback players in the NBA right now. One of the great players in the NBA. And you know, if you gave Marcus Williams truth serum, you know he was probably like, I don't really need to deal with this all the time. He left. You gave him truth serum. He's probably like, I should not have left the way Linder was using me. I think if Graham and Noah leave, they will probably feel the same way, although I think they would have success other places. I don't think they would have as much success with a different head coach. Uh, It's kind of an interesting dynamic, Mort. I love Linder. I like the way he coaches. I think uh, he's great for Wyoming. I do think that the course of this season, I think he was humbled a little bit. I think when he had those three LA guys leave, I mean, it was chaotic. I mean, it was, you could see it. It was stress in his face and they weren't winning. Uh, it's hard to stick to your guns when that kind of things happen. And uh, I actually kind of proud of 
Lender, for coming through that. Does he need to become a little player, more player friendly? I think so, just because of kind of players that come out these days. My opinion, they're soft. So you gotta, you gotta kind of help them learn how to be coached hard, um, which is easier said than done, I think. But uh, I like Lender. I think, I think he is one of the greatest coaches that we've had, and I think he can be. So I'm pulling for him. Yeah, I think the vetting process will be different this recruiting cycle where, you know, obviously those L.A. guys had talent. They were – Ogbank Polo was a top 70 recruit nationally. Um, Ethan Anderson was the starting point guard on an Elite 8 team. Jake Kaiman played off the bench, deep off the bench, but still played in a national championship game. So the allure of, oh, wow, we're going to add all this talent – to this nucleus we have, which is two of the best five Mountain West players. Obviously, it didn't work out. Graham getting hurt, I think, was a disaster because those three guys thought they were playing with Graham Ike, and all of a sudden they're not, and the coach is all over them, and they're used to AAU pampering and that sort of thing. I'll, so, tell, you what, I'll tell you what happened to them. They came here, and they expected all the minutes. They thought they were going to walk right in here on a pretty good team and then get all the minutes, and it didn't happen that way. And I don't think they deserved it. They played shitty on defense. I mean, they I don't know how many times we left the wing open and where, where they're supposed to be, even when we'd run a zone. We had to we change it up to a 1-3-1 a one, one at one point just to try to play some defense. It was those guys in their minds, in my opinion, and I had a feeling at the beginning of the year that minutes were going to be hard, fine, and it was going to be hard for Linder to uh, to coach through that. But that's just as much on those three guys that left because they weren't performing. So what, what's a coach to do? Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of still surprised that Ethan Anderson lumped himself in with the other two because it seemed like he had – the ability, it was on again, off again, but if he could have put it together and just deed up every game and just bought into Linder and told the other two guys, you know what, you're going to quit. That's fine. I respect it, but I'm going to stay and stick this out because this is my last ride here to make something in terms of being a pro prospect. I think he could have maybe fit in better. Um, we'll never know. Uh, you know, I've heard, you know, Linder's getting all this stuff and and he was definitely hard on them for sure all season. But from what I've heard, some of the core players or, or maybe a core leader, you can figure out which one was also one of the guys who's like, okay, guys, you're not going to do the work. Go ahead and get out of here. Like players were also saying, you know what, if you're not going to listen to coach, just it's not working out. It wasn't just lender or the system. So Rob, uh, go ahead more. I think that's awesome. I mean, that's the leadership you need. Uh, if the, if the guys, I just can't get past. I just think those three guys came in here and thought they were going to run the show, and it didn't turn out that way. And they got a lot of pushback, which kills your chemistry. So I think you could see that early in the season. Uh, the first five games that the chemistry was tough, it wasn't there. They weren't gelling. So it makes a lot of sense now to hear it. So, Rob, uh, Wyoming's the 11 seed, obviously. They will play the six in Vegas uh, next Wednesday. The six is looking like probably San Jose State or New Mexico. Wyoming obviously beat New Mexico in the pit, although Jalen House wasn't playing in that game. Uh, they've beaten Nevada. I think some of these bubble teams don't want to play Wyoming. And certainly San Jose State 
hammered Wyoming in their one meeting, but that was with the three Pac-12 guys playing. Uh, and really, it was rock bottom that night, uh, as we've discussed. Rob, what are your what's your kind of your thoughts on Las Vegas? One last run with Maldo and Thompson. Well, I think you couldn't ask for the tournament to set up better as an 11 seed, because I think you're right. It's going to be New Mexico or San Jose State. We almost beat New Mexico at home when they had house. Um, we 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 did beat them um, in Albuquerque. Um, San Jose State, yeah, they handled us in San Jose State, but there was a lot going on, and we owe them. So we've got a legitimate chance, and should be. I mean, I don't expect the point spread to be all that that big in uh, in that game, regardless of who we play. And if we win that game, it sets up to potentially to play Nevada, who we've already proven we can beat. If we could avoid Boise State in that second round, then you just never know. Um, I've got concerns because we just don't have a lot of depth on the bench in terms of winning more than a game or two. But I would have never in a million years thought Alan Edwards would take the team that he took to the championship game a few years ago. And this team's better than that team. That's for sure. So um, you never know. I mean, if they rally around the hunters and rally around themselves and Jeff Linder, like they did last night, who knows? Yeah. Jeff Linder is now five and zero against Steve Alford. And I believe Edwards and those guys beat Alford during that run they made when he was a lame duck. So yeah, they definitely want Nevada for sure. Um, Mort, what do you think? Any, any chance of some late season magic or do you just want this to be over? If you would have asked me two days ago, I was telling everyone, I just need the season to be over after watching last night. I know. And I'm kind of curious if they can come together like they did and keep that cohesion and that, you know, playing for one another and, Given the Hunters, you know, a final push in the tournament, uh, that would be, would be, I mean, that would be magic if they could, you know, somehow win three games and end up in that position. But I contend, like I started the pod, if they're hitting threes, they're going to be in it. If they're not, it'll be a, it'll be a quick out. Yeah, speaking of Vegas uh, and, and a team that's having kind of the opposite season of the men's team is the women's team. Uh, they have wrapped up the number two seed in the Mountain West tournament. They beat Colorado State on senior night for Quinn Weideman and Tommy Olson. And Allison Ferdig, much like Jeremiah Oden, was determined to uh, send those seniors out with a win. 15 points in the fourth quarter, 27 points in the game. Uh, really, uh, I don't think she's going to win Mountain West Player of the Year this year because uh, the Desiree Young girl at UNLV is so good and they're ranked. Um, but she's going to win it one of the next two years, if not both. Uh, Rob, uh, we've been saying it for a year that that she's special. And this is a special team with those seniors I mentioned. And Melina Peterson's going to be the Mountain West Freshman of the Year, and, and they have other good players. Allison Furtig is, I say it every time we talk about the cowgirls, she's just, she's one of a kind. You walk by her, you know, on the streets uh, or on campus and she's very unassuming and you wouldn't think that she's one of the best basketball players in the conference and has the chance to be one of the best basketball players in the nation in the next few years. But it's true. I mean, she took over that game against CSU. They were down. Everyone sees the final score and thinks that Wyoming blew CSU out. That's not what happened. I mean, you were there, Ryan. They were down 53-51 with about six minutes left. And Furtick just completely took over the game. She scored, I think she had a couple of and one. She scored 12 points in 
in four minutes, she, she just dominated. She couldn't be stopped. And so I don't know, things, things set up pretty decent for them going into Vegas. Grace Ellis played good. Quinn played great again, uh, 11, six and five with no turnovers and all the pressures on UNLV, right? They're 27 and two, 17 and 0 in the league. They've won like what? I don't know, 18, 19 games in a row. And they're not guaranteed an at-large bid. So talk about a team that might be playing pretty tight in Vegas. They're not ranked. They can, they're ranked. Yeah. They're they're t- they're number 24, I think, or something like that. But but they're not an at-large. Uh, I don't think they're an at-large team based upon what I've been reading, just because the Mountain West Conference typically is just an automatic qualifier conference. And so there's the potential for them to be really, really tight in Vegas, knowing everything that we've done could could go away if we don't play good these next these next 40 minutes and so the cowgirls have got a chance to win that tournament and you know what if i know they want to and i want them to but if they don't they're gonna they're gonna host nit games and and i'm gonna go because they're a blast to watch yeah i asked uh quinn and tommy about that last week about it's such a unique program because you get the sense that their core hardcore fan base prefers the wnit because they get to watch them play three, four, five, even six more home games and make those runs. But those two made it very clear, no, we're g- going to win the Mountain West tournament, go to the NCAA tournament, that's the goal. And to w- be the first Wyoming team to win an NCAA tournament game on the women's side. So that would just be a, a, a consolation prize for them. And I think they could make, obviously, a deep run the WNIT. But they're going to Vegas to win it and uh, – should note that Heather Zell is back after her maternity leave. And, you know, Ryan Larson obviously did a tremendous job. I think he should be a head coach somewhere someday at the Mountain West level. But Ferdick did not get the ball down the stretch at Colorado State. They lose by three on a last second three. Uh, they go, blow up basically a 13-point lead, go down by one to the Rams the other night. And it's like, uh-oh, the Rams have all the momentum and they have Hoff's child. Hoff Shield, who's uh, just an amazing player to watch. And then Heather calls timeout. Allison Furtick's tired. She says, just sit there, catch your breath. Oh, by the way, do you have six minutes in you, Allison? Because you're getting the ball every single time down the court if you have six minutes in in you. She said, I got it, coach. Back-to-back three-point plays. And the funny thing is, Allison, I asked her about that, and she said, what have we've all been thinking? She said, yeah, I get fouled on every play. So my mindset was you're going to get fouled, but don't worry about it. They're not going to call it. Just make the baskets. And so getting those two and ones was like a bonus for her and it really lifted the team. So uh, she's getting the shack treatment a lot of times, but not the other night, the refs did a good job calling her. And when they do that, it's, it's game over. Mort, you got to come watch these girls play in person. They are an impressive basketball team. You guys have made me fans. I mean, I, I turn in, I tune into the app, the Mountain West app. I've seen them a few times. They are fun to watch. So I pull for them. I just don't know a lot about them. You know, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, know, I know what we know now, but I don't have a lot of. They have the sort of chemistry that that the men had last year. So you got to take advantage of it. Obviously, uh, it's the last ride for Quinn and Tommy. And then uh, you have this super talent in Fertig. So uh, I think they'll open up against Air Force most likely in the quarterfinal. Air Force will probably have to beat San Jose State. Uh, it's interesting. Can I, can I interject? interject. There's, no, 
there's no reason any team should ever lose to Air Force. <laughs> I, I hate her. I was just going to say, for some reason, the Air Force coach hates the Cowgirls with a passion. Uh, the Cowgirls were, what, down five. They score. Uh, Air Force has the ball with a few seconds left. Wyoming ties them up. Air Force possession. Air Force gets tied up again. Wyoming takes over possession. Why don't, or Tommy Olsen scores at the buzzer to beat Air Force down there. And their coach went ballistic and was just screaming at the Cowgirls about how they cheated or whatever. And they're like, cheated? You guys choked. Yeah. Uh, and then, jealousy, jealousy is a disease, Ryan. And uh, that's all that's going on at Air Force is is a little bit of jealousy about the what the Cowgirls have built. I'm in duty's office. But when they if they do play in Vegas, their strategy is going to be to maul Allison Furtick. So that'll be interesting. Um, oh, cut block. I don't think she can be mauled anymore. I think she's going to score anyway, but we'll see what happens. So, yeah, I'll be in Vegas um, starting next Monday for the Cowgirls and until the Cowboys run ends later in the week. Uh, boys, great talking to you, and we'll do it again soon. Need to find a replacement for Brett. So, uh, Kyle, Sully, send, us, send me your resumes. Ryan, it's addition by subtraction. <laughs> no right. comment. All right. See you guys. Love you guys. Later. Later.